This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. So you know, um, the, the, the thrust of this, of this series is to try and explain to you how, how that the salvation that Jesus procured for humanity, the salvation that God Jesus procured for all those um, who are saved, for all of humanity, for the many, the salvation that he has procured is difficult to explain with just one dimension. Hallelujah. Christian theologians and philosophers like William and Craig have said that the best way to describe it is like a diamond that has many facets. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Church out together. It's like a diamond that has many facets. It, may, it has many angles to it. It has many sides. Such that that is actually the beauty of it. That when you are looking at the light refracted through the different facets, it makes it look very beautiful. Hallelujah. And so the same way with the salvation that Jesus has afforded humanity is that it has many facets to it. It has many angles to it, you know, and almost no angle can fully explain. In fact, even dwelling on the different angles that salvation is, uh, that, you know, the way that salvation has been described in the scriptures, we're still not even doing enough justice because, you know, there are still some parts of it that, you know, are supernatural. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. But, you know, for the sake of, um, you know, that which pertains to us, for the sake of revelation, that, the, that God, through the apostles and the prophets, have made um, available for us to understand, we can see different facets and angles from which we can look at what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. And I started by talking about the first facet, which is like the chief facet. I think there's a word that diamond people, you call it. The main facet, the, the chief facet, is the atonement. Hallelujah. That is the strongest theme. That is the central theme from which all the other facets can begin to emanate and all that. And we talked about that in the last two Sundays. Hallelujah. How many people were blessed by it? How many people remember? How many people have forgotten? How many people have, has it yielded hundredfold for? If you are 30, raise up your hand. <laughs> praise God. Church, um, so praise God. All right, so... Um, so today I want to look at um, um, two other facets, two other faces that we see very strongly in the scriptures. Another facet of it, another angle to it, is the angle of redemption, a ransom paid, praise God. Personally, this is my best, um, this is, I, I found it easier to use this, um, this facet when, when ministering or preaching to people um, who, when you're, when you're preaching to people, you know, when you're trying to preach to the layman, and you want to find it easy. I, th I think it's actually because of Nigeria's current context. I found that it's very, very effective for helping to communicate the gospel. Another facet is redemption, a ransom paid. It's called an apolutrosis. That's the Greek word for it. Let's go back to the, the text from where I started from. In Romans chapter 3, from verse 22, he says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Every man has sinned. And I try to, you know, spend a good time explaining the issue of sin. And I believe that going on, we shall even talk about it more. Hallelujah. Verse 24. And all are justified freely by grace. So Apostle Paul brings one facet of this 
beautiful diamond of salvation. It talks about this beautiful gem of salvation. Praise God. Brings the face it says, all are justified freely by grace through the redemption. That's another face it. Justification talks about redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of what? Atonement and other facets. That's three facets. Through the shedding of his blood, to be received by faith, he did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sin committed beforehand or what? Unpunished. People, I know that people were talking about this on Twitter. And we're saying, he said the sins committed beforehand, unpunished. Therefore, let's not talk about that. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just go on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right? So we see three facets seen here. We see justification, we see redemption, and we see the atonement, right? And so I started with atonement. Today we're going to talk about justification and redemption. What's that with the redemption? The word redemption there is an apolutrosis. It talks about a ransom paid. That's another angle. You know, we've talked about atonement, which is basically the taking of a life for a life. Every time a sin is committed, a life debt is paid, is owed. Hallelujah. And, you know, Without the shedding of blood, there cannot be remission of sins. Praise God. Huh, God, I, I, I'm, having, I'm already having ginger to, to recap and spend this service recapping again. Hallelujah. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Praise God. Amen. Let me go forward. Let me just continue. A ransom paid, an apolutrosis, redemption. That is another facet of this gem called salvation. It is not just an atonement. It was not just a life given for us where we have sinned, where everybody has sinned. There's no man without sin. The moment a man wakes up into consciousness as he grows up, in, in, you know, as a child grows up, because of the nature, the corruption that we inherited by reason of Adam's sin, all of us committed sin. The moment you wake up into consciousness, you begin to sin. There's no man that is without sin. And sin is not a joke. Sin is still a big deal. Sin will always be a big deal. And because sin is enmity against God, it is rebellion against God, it is God has put up a mark and people, we constantly were falling short of it. A life debt was owed. But it's much more than that. It's also a form of ransom that was paid for us. I told you, I, I just said that I found it very easy to use this to explain to the layman. And I think it's because of the current context of Nigeria. Now tell them, see, if a man is going on the express road and kidnappers take the man, hallelujah, in Nigeria, like what's been happening, and may God have mercy on our country, and may God deliver our country, praise God, hallelujah, the Lord deliver this country, amen. If a man is kidnapped and he's taken somewhere and then the kidnappers are asking for a ransom, they are asking that this man should be redeemed. Another way you can look at it is a man that was captive and put in slavery and all that, you know, and everything. But basically, but for the Nigerian context, a man is kidnapped and, you know, he's inside the bush together with these kidnappers. And they say, and they call the person's family members and they say, please bring ransom of 100 million naira and come and save and deliver yourself. That man in, in the captive place does not have the 100 million naira with him. It is someone who is somewhere that is number one not in captivity do you get that because a captive cannot save a captive do you understand that it is someone who is not in captivity one and that person must also have the money to pay before it can be delivered so when they are calling they are looking for someone that is not in captivity with you 
and also has the ability to be. Now, since all men are in captive of sin, or in captive of Satan by reason of their sin, it is only a man who has never committed sin, who is sinless, that is not in that captivity, that can pay that ransom. Do you understand that? And that man must also have the capacity to pay it. Because no matter how much you are not kidnapped, if you don't have 100 million, nothing is happening. So it's a man that has the 100 million that can pay for it, praise God. And so, when all of us were inside captivity, and somebody loved us and looked at us and thought of how we could deliver us, he came. Even when we could not call. <laughs> Hallelujah. He came, when, even when we could not call. And he showed up to our kidnapper and said, this is the 100 million. Take and let them go, praise God. Church, are we together? Church, are we together? He said, take and let them go. Some people collected and said, thank you very much. Some people said, no. I don't like your 100 million. I will pay my 100 million by myself. Don't worry. I will figure it out. No problem. Some people refused and said, no. The reason why I'm not going to collect is because when I was young, my mother died of cancer. And I don't like the way she died of cancer. Therefore, hold your ransom. When I was growing up, something bad happened to me. And because you are the God, you are the sovereign Lord, I'm angry with you. I don't want your ransom. Another person will say, I've seen the other people that you have ransomed before. They have bad behavior. They hurt me in church. They like backbiting. They've done something bad. The pastor has hurt me before. I've seen pastors steal. I've seen pastors being charlatans. I've seen pastors taking advantage of church members. Because of that, I will not accept your ransom. What are you doing? Who are you doing? Who are you doing? So they say, I want to pay for my ransom by myself. I will pay my ransom by myself. I will pay. And their entire philosophy is built on this, right? You know, some weeks ago, my wife and I went out to talk to folks in the area and everything. You know, we met a lovely, handsome uh, Muslim brother and he was saying something very interesting. He said, see, um, all of us are going to stand before, Christ, um, before God on that day and you know, God is going to weigh our good and our evil. God is going to weigh our good and our evil and let's just pray that our good will be more than our evil. Praise God. I said, that's a dangerous hope to have. That's a dangerous hope to have. Ah, again, let me just yield. Praise God. Listen to me. There's, if I've not said it before and you didn't hear it, hear it now. Your good deeds don't cancel your bad deeds. Did you hear what I just said now? Did you hear what I just said? Your good deeds don't cancel your bad deeds. Because Hitler was, you know there are people that thought Hitler was a good man. Because of the people that Hitler was good to does not mean that all the evil that he did has gone. The fact that a man steals money from the commonwealth and leads to the impoverization of many Nigerian people that leads to all kinds of death, all kinds of things, directly and inadvertently, does not mean that when the guy now gets older and is feeling bad and is doing charity and giving to the orphans, that those things that he's doing has canceled what he's doing. Hallelujah. Church, I get what I'm saying. That's number one. Number two, because we understand the nature of man, because we know the kind of person that people are, I guarantee you there is no human being 
that will do more good than bad by themselves. Do you understand that? Do you hear what I just said now? Go uh, and read Romans chapter 7 today. Some and I were talking about it during the week. Your mind will know that this thing I'm doing is not good. Yes, you cannot stop yourself from doing it. Your mind knows that this thing is not good. Yet you cannot stop yourself from doing it. That's another angle. Let me give you another angle. What about the things that you are committing that you don't even know? You've not heard of unintentional sins before. You've not heard of it before. What about the ones that you are committing that you don't even know you are committing them? Because of your culture, your background, or whatever kind of nature that you have and everything, you are doing things that you do not even realize are sin. I hope you know that the fact that a sin is unintentional does not make it less sin. Do you know that? Hmm. Praise God. And fourthly, if God is truly holy, and if God is truly just, we're talking about a holy God that can truly not behold sin. Even if a God is holy and can truly not behold sin, hmm? what does he say of his person and his character if a person shows up to him on judgment day and the thing that qualifies the person to enter into eternal bliss and fellowship with him is that I did 100 good things but 99 bad things because of one extra you are allowed to enter and then the person that did 100 bad things and did 99 good things because of that one difference is going to hell how does that sound to you? no balance So that means that a bad person can enter heaven as long as while he's on the earth, he can do one extra good deed more than all the bad things he has done. I guess what I'm saying to you. You know that, you know you're still a bad person. You know such a person is still a bad person. You're still a bad, you've done 99 bad things. But I calculated it well and I did 100 good things, one extra. Because of that, I'm good. Is that God worthy of worship? So I get what I'm saying to you. There's no way to cut it. When you are in bondage of Satan by the sins that you have committed, I was telling that, that, that lovely brother that, that day, I was telling him, I said, you have to consider this thing and think about it very well. Consider this thing and think about it very well. If your hope is that you're going to show up on that day and hopefully you would have done more good than bad, which is, which is not even possible, which is not even likely, which does not even make sense. That is not a hope for you to hinge your eternity on. So imagine someone in the, in the bondage of the kidnapper and his rationale for staying in the bondage of the kidnapper is based on this. So I get what I'm saying to you. But you know what he did? He made a way for us. He made a way for us. He made a way by which the ransom could be, could be paid. Hallelujah. So you see Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Look at Apostle Paul's teaching to the elders of the church. Verse 28. He says, keep watch over yourselves 
and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Hallelujah. Which he did what? Bought with his own blood. Jesus bought you out of, out of your captivity. Jesus bought you out of your captivity to Satan. Satan does not have any power over you. Satan does not have any rights over you. Jesus bought you out of your captivity by his blood. The cost of your ransom was paid by him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, church. Are we together? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. Very good, good stuff. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. It says, you were bought as a, with a price. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Hallelujah. You were in bondage of a kidnapper. He came and bought you with an expensive price. Therefore, your new value, your new amount, the EA of your Ori, right? People that are not Yoruba people, I don't know how to explain to you, right? The price of your head now is now the amount that he spent to redeem you. Praise Jesus. Church, I will take the, your, the price of your life, the, your worth now, your worth as a person is now the amount that was used to pay for you. Praise Jesus. This is the reason why. This thing has so many ramifications for the believer. This thing has so many ramifications for us. That is the reason why, you know, we believe very, very strongly that the life of a man is not in the abundance of things that he owns. Praise Jesus. We know that the things that determine the value of a man is not how much money is in his pocket. We know that what determines the value of a man is how much was spent to purchase him. And the amount that was spent to purchase you is the very blood of Jesus. And nothing in this world can quantify it. Praise God. Church, you understand what I'm saying to you? That's why in the body of Christ, inside of the church of Christ, we don't show favoritism to rich people. We don't consider rich people of more value than the poor in the body of Christ. That kind of nonsense is for people in the world who don't know God and don't understand what God is doing. In the body of Christ, we don't honor people based on how much money they have. Praise God. Because your value is the blood. Your worth is the blood. And Apostle Paul now says, make sure that you honor God with your body. That means that live in, in consistency with your value. Live in consistency with your value. Live in consistency with your value. Live a kind of life that is coherent with the kind of value that you have. If a person, this is earthly analogies now, if a person buys a very expensive car, praise God, the way you treat an expensive car is not the way you treat a car that you want to get rid of. Hallelujah. The value that with which you treat a person or the way you treat yourself, the way you act is consistent with the kind of behavior that you have. So, because you have been bought at an expensive price, it means that you should use your body for only expensive things. Praise God. Did you hear what I just said now? Because you were bought at an expensive price, you should use your body for only expensive things. Sin is cheap. Sin is cheap. That's why it's easy for everybody to do it. Do you understand that? That's why everybody is under compulsion to do it. Anybody and everybody can steal. Anybody and everybody can fornicate. Anybody and everybody can do adultery. Anybody and everybody can give themselves to lust. Anybody and everybody can slander and tell lies about people behind their back. Anybody and everybody can do all these nonsense things. It's cheap. 
So if an expensive person do expensive things, so that's why in a, in a society and a culture where breaking your oath of intimacy with your partner has become very easy and cheap for everybody to do, because you are an expensive person, you won't, you won't drag yourself down to that level of living like them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It is actually dignifying. It is dignifying to live a holy life. It is dignifying to walk in, walk in a sanctified manner. To have a sanctified conduct. It is dignity. It is carrying yourself. That's why people that act consistently with as Christians should will find out that all the rubbish, rofo-rofo things that people are getting involved in it will not happen to you. I guess I'm saying to you. So I guess I'm saying to you. Can I use less video? They're cheating on your wife, your children find out and they're dragging you. What kind of undignified thing is that? You now sat down and they're now videoing you. And your world is now seeing it. What kind of undignified nonsense is that for a man? The committee adultery are now sneaking from hotel to hotel. Sneaking from hotel to hotel. You don't want them to see you. You don't want them to see the chat on your phone. What kind of undignified nonsense is that? Undignified. Dignity is, this is my phone. Check. If I'm sleeping, enter it and unlock it and check. I'm not afraid. I have nothing to hide. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That is dignity. That dignity. Dignity is I can stand and I can say, this is my testimony. I can stand and say, this is what I've done and I'm not afraid that somebody will come behind me and say that this guy is a liar. Carry yourself like that. Ah, let me not change my message. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. We were bought, we've been ransomed. Say, I've been bought. Say, I've been ransomed. Verse 15, Hebrews 9, verse 15 says, For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom, to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Glory to Jesus. He says, He died as a ransom to set us what? Free. He died as a ransom to set us free. Say, I'm not captive anymore. Come on, say with some confidence. Say, I'm not captive anymore. Say, I am free. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Look at verse 28. He says, Matthew 20 verse 28. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a what? Ransom. For what? Many. Hallelujah. So see, it was not just the apostles and Jesus talking about ransoming, talking about ransoming. From the old, the prophets already spoke ahead and talked about the ransom that happens, um, you know, that the ransom that happens by reason of those works of atonement. Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. Moses already gives us a, a sneak peek into what was coming. In Exodus chapter 30, verse 12, Look at from verse 11. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, When you take a census of the Israelites to count them, each one must pay the Lord a ransom for his life at the time he is counted. Then no plague will come on them when they number them. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Praise God. Church, are we together? Do you see that? But Moses is already telling us ahead, and there are many other scriptures like this, already telling us ahead that see, the sacrifice is a ransom to buy your life from the captivity of sin where it is. Look at Isaiah chapter 44. 
Isaiah 44. Praise God. Verse 22. Isaiah 44 from verse 22. It says, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have what? Redeemed you. Sing for joy, you heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, you earth beneath. Burst into song and mountains, you mountains, you forest and all your trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. Hallelujah. Ah, listen to me. What you need is not another motivational talk. What you need is to remember the joy of your salvation. Praise God. What you need is not another motivational speech. What you need is to be reminded or to, be, to find again your, the joy of your salvation. Look at why Isaiah is telling the world to rejoice. Telling the mountains and the heavens to skip. He says that because I have redeemed Jacob. The knowledge of the redemption that this is my value to God. This is how important I am to the mind, the fundamental mind, the, 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 the fundamental existence himself. I am so important to him that he paid this price for me. I am valuable even if they give me um, um, six inches new. Even if they tell me no. I asked the girl out and she didn't and they become that mm. the fact that someone said no does not change how valuable I am. Hallelujah. I go for a job interview and the job interview does not work out well. It does not make you because that is the that is the subconscious thing behind depression. A sense of low self-worth. That's why your, your, your step is boosted. That's why you begin to feel happier. You begin to feel, you know, better. When something happens that makes you feel like, a, you know, like you are more. When someone gives you a word of affirmation, it makes you feel joy and everything. Listen to me. So the world is doing all these things to tell us that you are trash. And that's where your depression is from. And a motivational message is not the cure to that. The cure to that is the joy of your salvation. You need something solid, something objective, something consistent, something that will never change, upon which the anchor of your soul and your self-esteem has been cleaved. And that is the blood of Jesus. Knowing that your worth is, is Jesus' intentionality, knowing that your worth is his blood, knowing that God actually cares about you and is in control, even though things around you are not working, is the ultimate thing that you can anchor your soul on. Church, I get what I'm saying to you. Look how what he says. He says, skip for joy, verse 24. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, hallelujah, who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens, who spreads out the earth by himself. The God, the creator of all things in existence. He says, I am your Redeemer. Praise God. Church, I get what I'm saying to you. He says, I am your Redeemer. Says I am your redeemer. Look at First Timothy chapter two. I'm going to use this for um, justification. First Timothy chapter two, verse five. For there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Hallelujah. He gave himself as a ransom for all people. He gave himself as a ransom for all people, so that it is those who accept the ransom that will be saved. Praise God. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Verse 14. Who gave, himself all, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all the wickedness, from all wickedness, and to purify for himself a people that, that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Hallelujah. He redeemed us 
First Peter chapter one verse eighteen says the same thing. You know, he redeemed us so that we are now his own. He didn't redeem us and put us into the streets to be running wild. He redeemed us and we are now his own. Praise God. Jesus never said that there's no burden to carry, but he said, come and carry my own. Hallelujah. So you left one kidnapper to come into the hand of a better one. Praise God. Did you hear what I just said now? You guys are laughing. Praise God. But not all kidnappers are the same. Ha. One wants to kill you. One is giving you life. You are not you are not in the hands of the, of the wickedness anymore. You are not in the hands of one that will dehumanize you. You are now in the hands of a creator who knows what is good for you, what he created you for, who will give you your destiny. Church, all together. So your life is not your own. You are now his property. And you must live your life accordingly. You will not behave like someone that is still in the hands of the nasty kidnappers. You will not have the consciousness of one that is now in the nasty kidnapper. You are now walking like one who is in his father's house. Praise God. Church, all together. Praise God. Come on, church. Are we glad about that? Hallelujah. You know, I'll tie everything together now. The, the, the third facet is justification. The Greek word there is diakao, which is, talks about, you know, a pardon granted. When you legally declare someone to be just. When you legally declare someone to be righteous. When a legal entity declares that someone is now just, is a pardon granted. That is justification. Diakao, praise God. One of the things that we know we're talking about um, the redemption and the ransom paid. You know, when you talk to people and they now say, So your ransom has been paid, will you collect or you will not collect? Hallelujah. So it's a trick. You will receive the gospel by a trick. Praise God. I'll trick you into receiving the gospel. I'm just joking, all right? So ask them, See, the ransom has been paid. Will you collect the ransom or you will not collect? Praise God. Many of them will say, Some of them will say, ah, I will collect. Praise God. Say, You go collect, I will not go collect. Say, I will collect, I will collect. So I'll say, ah, I never should say, Baba, if not collect, anything your eyes see, collect that like that. Praise God. Church out together. Justification. A pardon granted. This is another picture, another facet of the gem of salvation, which is when a legal entity, someone that has the power, a king, someone that has the executive power, declares a person righteous. Hallelujah justification justification like every king and every president can do a person can be in, pre- in prison after doing something wrong it's not a person did not do something wrong you actually did something wrong and the president will sign a pardon and give to the person praise God hallelujah this is another facet of it so Jesus the Lord has given us a pardon he has given us a pardon and this is the interesting thing about pardons is that a pardon can be rejected. I hope you know that. Yes. The president can come and say, um, should I mention his name? Let me just mention him. A certain governor from the South-South who stole plenty of money. I am giving you a pardon. Praise God. And it's like as if you never stole money before. Praise God. In fact, when they give you a pardon, if somebody should come and use it to abuse you, you can sue the person. Abi? Ah, okay, sorry. If I is not here, praise God. Someone cannot use what you have been pardoned for to accuse you again. Do you understand that? 
The person cannot, if they come, you can sue them. Say, what's the meaning of that? I've been pardoned. Praise God. I've been justified. I've been pardoned. I've been justified. Praise God. And the apostles give us, you know, in many ways, they show us these facets in the scriptures. Look at Acts chapter 10. Verse 42. Peter speaking to Cornelius' household. He says, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. That is the one to, he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Hallelujah. They they receive what? The forgiveness. They receive the pardon for their sins. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 13. Says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him we have redemption. The what? Forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. The word forgiveness of sins. Look at Isaiah chapter 53. What I wanted to show you the other time. Isaiah chapter 53. The prophet speaking ahead of what the Lord's servant will do. Look what it says in verse 11. It says, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will do what? Justify many. And he will do what? Bear their iniquities. He says he will justify many. And he will bear their iniquities. He will justify the many and he will bear their what? Iniquities. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have been what? Justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You read verse 9. It says, since we have now been what? justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him verse 16 says nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin the judgment followed one man's sin and through condemnation but the gift followed men trespasses and brought what justification verse 18 consequently just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people so also one righteous act resulted in what justification for all people just go to the previous chapter Romans chapter 4 Look at verse 25. He says, He was delivered over to the death, to, over to death for our sins. And he was raised to life for our what? Justification. A pardon has been granted. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why look at the way Romans chapter 8 puts it. Beautiful crowning. Beautiful crowning. Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Oh, let me, see, let me read from verse 31 so that it can be sweet. Let me read from verse 31. He says, What then shall we see? in response to these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he, not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who does what? Hallelujah. Praise God. Who will bring any charge? The pardon has been signed. I've collected it. There's nothing you can do again. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Humanity must not make the mistake of standing before God on judgment day hoping that they will do it by themselves. Oh, it will be, it will be bloody. It will be terrible. Accept the pardon. Praise God. All this I'm saying to you is, is, is for you to know because we're going to do exercise. Hallelujah. Because we're going to preach the gospel. Praise God. Church, I will together. Church, I will together. 
He says, who can bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who does what? Justifies. It is God who 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 justified. Verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also was called. Those he called, he also was justified. And those he justified, he also did what? Glorified. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Jesus. God justified the called. God justified everyone that receives the gospel freely. Everyone who receives that pardon that has been offered to us, they have been justified and they can stand before God without any sense of guilt or shame. Praise Jesus. They can stand before God before any sense of guilt and shame. They can stand before God without any guilt or shame. That's why um, there was a quote. Was it, was it John Calvin's quote or Luther's quote that says that, see, those who are afraid of death are those who are preoccupied with this world. Hallelujah. Knowing what Jesus has done for you, you are not afraid of judgment. This is why perfect love casts out fear. A perfect understanding of God's love and what he has afforded us casts out fear completely. That's why I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. It's not, it's not, I'm not being proud when I say I'm I have, no, I, am, um, I have no fear that I'm going to hell. Of course I'm not going to hell. Why would I go to hell? Praise God. Church, I was together. Not based on my works, but what, based on what Jesus has done. There is no pride. In fact, you do, do you know the amount of arrogance that it takes? Do you know the depth of arrogance that it takes for you to think that on judgment day you'll be able to stand and you'll be able to show to God that you're a good person? Do you know the depth of arrogance it takes for you to think that you can stand before God on judgment day and tell him I'm a good person I deserve heaven I deserve fellowship with you because I have done more good than bad do you know the amount of arrogance that it takes that is actually the reason why a rejection of what Jesus has afforded is such a terrible thing even though human beings don't feel like it that's why it's such a terrible thing. That's why it's a rebellion. That's why it is pride. And that is the reason why basking, basking and confessing what Jesus has done is not pride. Praise God. Church, I get what I'm saying to you. That's why confessing what Jesus has done is not pride. So he has made an atonement for us. He has bought us back. He has redeemed us. He has made an atonement for us. He has bought us back. He has redeemed us. Take any side, take any angle from which you want to look at it. The work that Jesus did was complete. Praise God. Just I got what I'm saying to you. When they ransom someone, they don't ransom one leg and leave the hand. They ransom a person. Praise God. That's why his work is complete. Oh, church, I get what I'm saying to you. Church, I get what I'm saying to you. That's why justification is complete. When a man has been justified, he's justified. He has been declared righteous before God. Praise God. Let this, let, this, let this fill your heart. Let this pour you. Let this, let this be. You know one of the greatest issues and dangers that Satan is doing in this world that we live in? is actually making people oblivious of eternity. He's making people oblivious for eternity. That's why I have so much disdain. That's why I have so much anger. That's why I find it extremely repulsive when people say, and suggests all this, you know, kingdom takeover stuff that, you know, 
um, that the gospel in the mouth of the rich is more effective than the gospel in the mouth of the poor. Or the gospel in the mouth of the poor cannot really affect the rich. And that's why God wants you to be rich so that the gospel can be more effective in your mouth. That's why I have such a, such a righteous indignation when I hear that thing. That's why, that's why the thing hurts me. It, 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 it's a ground I'm not willing to, to yield one inch. It's a ground I'm not willing to yield one inch. No matter how rich you are, and no matter how poor you are, there's one thing all of you have in common. All of you are sinners. And you cannot save yourself. Equally effective, irrespective of the mouth that it is, of the mouth of the person that it is coming from. Irrespective of the mouth of the person that it is coming from. People hiding their greed behind love for the gospel. Just say you want to be rich. Just say you want political office. You say, no, God wants me to have political office so that the gospel can be more effective in your mouth. When you've not even preached to those around you, you've never opened your mouth to speak to your neighbor before. And it's a lack of consciousness of eternity. It's all of people are living like, like, you know, I don't, this is not harsh, but there's no other way to say it. You are, you are living like animals, like as if we are just living our life, we are born one day, we're just going to go and die like chickens. No! There is a life after this one. Whether you like it or not, there is a life after this one. And that thing that is making you feel that there is no life after this one is Satan's tricks to destroy your life. You think everything that is happening here will just go like that? Um, you know, everybody has done the thing they are doing, everything, everybody has done what they like, they will just die and that's the end. It's a lie. <laughs> Church, I got what I'm saying to you. That's why the gospel is, is, is equally effective. That's why a poor Philip that doesn't have anything, going up and down and disappearing up and down, like a, a king, come see the right-hand man of the queen of Ethiopia and preach the gospel to her and get um, to him and get him baptized immediately. That's why you, you can have nothing with only 13 followers on Twitter and you can preach the gospel to Elon Musk and he will receive the gospel. It is equally effective in your mouth. You know what I was saying to you? Did you hear what I just said now? Because what it is addressing is something that affects all of humanity. All have seen and have come short of the glory of God. There is none that understands. All of them are broods of vipers. All of them are slanderers. All of them, their, their feet are quick to shed blood. Ah, when um, Ibuku tweeted that thing during the week, the thing touched me in a new way. When she said, it, it is truly by the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. For the first time I understood, because growing up, Whenever they, our pastors come and preach it, then in living faith, what they used to mean is, it is by God's mercies that we've not had car accidents, that we have not died. Now I just when she turned and say, that is actually what David was saying. It is actually by the Lord's mercies that we are not what consumed, based on His mercy. That's why all of us sinners we never collect water, water instantly. That's what David was talking about. That I know the kind of bad person I am. It is by the Lord's mercy that I have not been consumed. Just like what I'm saying to you. Let this consciousness fill your mind. Don't let the things of this world take it from you. Don't let the things of this world lie to your soul and make you inert and make you unfeeling and unresponsive to eternal things. Don't let the things of this world lie to you and make you feel like there's, see, Jesus died and rose again. With the eyes of many witnesses, we have a shorty 
that there is a life after this one. Because the person that went to that life after this one came back to tell us. It's not a hope. You know, people used to say that thing that, how do you know that there is judgment? There's someone that come back tell you, even if we want to ignore all the near-death experiences and all the visions that people have seen, let's even leave that one. The answer is yes. Have you not seen that question before? That how do you know that there is life after this one? Did someone die and come back? The answer is what? Church, I get what I'm saying to you. This is the salvation that Christ procured for us. And it must fill your mind. It must fill your consciousness. You cannot live your life as if nothing happened to you. As if you're not a new man. As if you don't understand something. Praise God. Let's burn our heads and pray. Praise God. Let's, let's burn our heads. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at this excellent church. God bless you.